Welcome to the Every Effort Podcast. We are so blessed, a little stressed, and making every effort to figure out the rest. Hence the name, the Every Effort Podcast. My name is Matt. Wait. Wait a minute. Everything was going really smoothly (laughs) up until that. It took me a second. Your name is Matt. My name is Matt. Your name is Jocelyn. And maybe I'll take over from here. But but we are super excited that you joined us this week. This couple of weeks has definitely been heavy on the figuring out the rest portion of our show. Yes. uh, As you could tell, we are figuring out a lot. But (laughs) we are pretty good at it, I would say. Uh, We like to talk through some difficult conversations regarding culture and relationships and life. We're both young adult Christians. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, or if you're a curious person, then this might be your intellectual multivitamin of the day. Yeah, and to set it all up, not to disappoint everyone, but we don't always have the answers. Like a lot of these discussions are just very real, what we understand, and a lot of the answers to this question aren't super like rigid. A lot of them are, you know what, we say in faith that this is what we believe and we're going to rely on God for the rest, and there's not always a super clear yes or no. So I think today will be a really interesting discussion on how we kind of get there in a very unclear world. We love figuring things out as we go, and I think that makes it way more authentic to for everybody, and it's way more enjoyable for us as well. So we thought taking it to the realms of the podcasting world would be the best way to share that with other people. Mm-hmm. Today is interesting. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, um, I think that is a great precursor or post-cursor to this episode <laughs> because last week we talked about Modern Male Masculinity starring Matthew, and this week we are talking about women in the church starring women. So to tee this all up, this is news that kind of rocked our world. So we go to Saddleback Church here in Southern California, and a couple of, I guess, months ago now, it feels like it was just the other day, there was this big announcement that our church, Saddleback Church, was being kicked out of the Southern Baptist Convention because we have a female pastor. And so this was big news across the church. Our church's pastor, our our church's senior pastor, Andy, put out a video kind of talking about our church's beliefs and why we stand behind our female pastors and the Southern Baptist Convention kind of put out a couple of verses that back their opinion. And so it's been a really interesting conversation of obviously like culture has changed dramatically since the times of the Bible. So where do women fit into the church? Yeah, and is this a matter of culture changing, church changing, or has anything really even changed at all? And this is just a random preference that churches have. Um, that is what we're talking about today. And yeah, it was kind of kind of shocking to hear not about the female pastors in our church, but about being kicked out of a convention for it. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about it, Matt? I was I was very surprised. I mean, I, I think one of the traps that we don't want to fall into as Christians is just progressing, like fitting biblical truths in to fit our culture. So I understand wanting to be careful of that. But as someone who's gone to a church with female pastors, like I was just shocked that anyone could have an opposition to it because I wasn't super familiar with these verses. And some of the sermons that our female pastors have led have been some of the most powerful. Like I think between... Kay Warren and uh, Stacy Wood, they've like been two of the best, like just in-person 
pastoral voices of wisdom and guidance. Like I've been blown away by them. So it was really shocking mm-hmm. to see, oh my goodness, there are people who are so opposed to this that, you know, they don't want to associate with our church. Right. And this is, it, it is surprising, right? Because when you're kicked out of something, it really raises the question of, okay, how serious is this? Is this actually something that is going against the Bible? Because that's a big deal. And I think we've both come to see, we've, we've looked into just the reasoning and the sides of both ends of the spectrum, and it's pretty much boiled down to, like, interpretation of the Bible, um, where one side is like, the Bible explicitly says, you know, this, and the other side is like, well, in the context of that time, it actually was very specific for that situation, and so we don't interpret it as literally. So um, we'll go ahead and share uh, this specific part of the Bible where all of the I guess, confusion or division kind of starts. So the verse that's really a a key kind of player here, and this is obviously in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, is 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 34 through 35, which says, The women should keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission, as the law also says. If there is anything they desire to learn, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. And so you hear that, and that's that's very clear. Like, there's no dancing around it. Like, Paul is very, very clearly saying women should not speak in church. Yes. And that's shocking at first. It is shocking to read. And so some people read that and are like, well, that's what it says. Like, mm-hmm. women, um, they they should not... Well, actually, uh, what the Southern Baptist Convention believes is not that women should not speak at church, but that they should not be, like, head leaders in the church, such as in roles of female pastorship, mm-hmm. um, or at least having that title. But what Saddleback thought was, well, we're not giving them this title, but we're allowing them to do the same work of a pastor. So why does, why is the title, why does that matter? You know? So that's kind of, um, they're both interesting like perspectives there because it's like, well, which one's right or which one's wrong? Yeah. It seemed like kind of the big dividing factor was about speaking with authority, right? Like I think everybody agrees totally fine to have a woman obviously speak in church, come up on the stage, talk about the church, even give some teachings or things like that. But once it came to the point of, does this person have a level of authority over the people in the church congregation, you know, more than just like a Sunday school class or something like that. But once they're, once a woman is in a position of authority over the congregation, I think that's where kind of the, the divide came. And I mean, there's so much context here that we'll get into, but I think just first blush, like it's very clear to see where the other side of this issue came from. Like there's very clear biblical text. I don't think we're, you know, disagreeing that they came up with something awful or horrible. Like it's very easy to see how you can read this text and come to a very logical conclusion about it. Yeah. And the thing is that like churches, it seems like they're collectively okay with women leading children and women leading other women but what you're saying about authority is really specific to women leading men or having Mm. some sort of say in their life which is like 
okay, we're okay with them doing that in the corporate world for some reason. You know, we're okay with them doing that for volunteer work outside of the church, but why is it the church specifically? And this just boils down to like the gender roles of each each um, gender. So I think a lot of that could be interpreted poorly from the Bible. And I've actually come to agree with Saddleback's reasoning of the whole issue that like, you know, women have the same abilities as men. It doesn't mean that they're like necessarily better or stronger. Like I think the Bible's very clear at the same time saying that both genders are like non-existent when it comes to salvation. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so could that be true that they are non-existent when it comes to service to the church and like yeah we understand that like in the household the man is the one who leads and like men do have more strength and power in this world and physically right um, but women also have strengths that are important in roles of leadership yeah and I think one really important piece of context that helped me understand this a lot more is kind of what the point of Paul's letter to the Corinthians was because the Corinthians had this reputation for their sermons and church gatherings just being chaos like Mm -hmm. people were speaking over each other speaking in tongues there was just like pandemonium within the synagogue within the place that they were trying to worship and so this is like a very specific prescription in order to kind of subdue that and to bring some order back into church services and within the church community so while you know we do believe that the Bible is God-breathed, right? This is also a very specific letter from Paul to the Corinthians. It's not, you know, Jesus speaking to every follower of his. I think this is a very kind of specific area that he is addressing. And so I think it's also a little bit tricky to take this and apply it to every church for, for all of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I guess the point blank question here is, can females be pastors? I'm going to answer that with a yes. I absolutely think women can be pastors. I think a kind of point you made earlier that I think is very important to acknowledge is that there are differences between men and women. And I think men have strengths in the church and women have strengths in the church and those should be acknowledged. Like I think there are roles that men serve better and women serve better. And I think they can both serve as pastors, but they'll have strengths and weaknesses and all of those things. So I don't think it's logical to say that a female pastor is exactly the same as a male pastor, but Mm -hmm. I think they can both be equally God-serving, equally strong, equally um, caring and compassionate and rooted in the truth. And like I said, we've had amazing experiences with female pastors. So I just on, you know, not so much a doctrine level, but just on a personal experience, I felt God move through those sermons. And I've felt pretty strong in my convictions about having great female pastors guiding our lives. Yeah. And something came to mind too about like the reasons why some churches say that females shouldn't be pastors. It seems like they take like like a verse such as the one we shared in First Corinthians from the Bible. They'll say like, oh, well, this says that, you know, women are not permitted to speak. Like, so they should be tamed or filtered much more than men in church. And something that I really don't like is when they 
they come up with reasons that aren't biblical when people ask like, oh, well, why does the verse say that? Like, what's the reason behind that? And people say like, oh, well, you know, women are like more emotional or like, you know, they're, they're, uh, they were the first one to sin in uh, Genesis. And so they're therefore weaker spiritually and just kind of making these connections that I think aren't there necessarily. So, yeah, I don't like, I feel like it just, I don't like that because it, it feeds into just these stereotypes that are negative and just unhelpful overall. And it kind of just gives you nothing to reason with afterwards um, when they say stuff like that. And so kind of taking all of this at heart, like I think we're very much aligned on whether females should be pastors, but you know, just even asking the question, like, should women be treated differently in church? How, as a woman in church, like, how does that make you feel? Do you feel treated differently? Do you feel like you should be treated differently? And kind of how does the modern church adjust to, you know, the changing woman? Yeah, I think with Saddleback Church and the church I go to now, I do feel the word I would use would be empowered. Like I do feel mm. like I can, I can do as much as I, I want to at church. And I mean, I am a leader within church and I feel strengthened and encouraged to keep doing that. And I think that's a great thing. I personally don't have an interest in being a pastor pastor, so it's never been an issue for me, but I kind of feel for those, um, those women out there who want to do something bigger in their role in church and want to go into pastorship and they're just being told no. Like I believe that God can give a vision uh, to women to lead. And we see great examples of that in the Bible of women who do lead. And yeah, there's fewer example of them, fewer examples of them in the Bible um, of doing these great leadership roles for the people of God. But that the numbers don't matter. I think what matters is that there are women out there who want to fill those roles. And I think they should be given that opportunity because they're not trying to, at least in my opinion, they're not trying to control people. Like they're trying to advance the the kingdom of God. And um, I think for whatever reason, as we know, as culture has been with men and women, women are, are judged a little bit more when they're put into leadership roles. And that just makes it all more complicated and adds to, you know, lists of reasons of why they shouldn't be leaders. But if we're going to be accepting of women leading in every other area except for church, then I think we're kind of silently implying something negative about about us and our abilities. Hmm. Very well said. And I think one thing we forget is that the Bible was empowering women before empowering women was cool. Like yeah. in a society yeah. in which the wife was completely subservient to her husband and couldn't function without him, women were mentioned in the lineage of Jesus. Like there were all of these indications that women had so much more than so much more capacity than they were allowed in the time mm-hmm. of the Bible. So I yeah. don't think this is like a new concept that we're breathing in. Yeah. And we should get into some of the examples too. Um, And before we do that, please take a moment to leave a review for us, whatever platform you are listening to. It means the world to us, and we know it's a super quick button for you to click. And if you happen to have multiple podcast um, streams, then please go ahead and take a moment to leave a review wherever you can. Um, It really helps us, makes us really excited to keep making episodes. Thank you.
Okay, so one of the things that I think was really cool about this is Jocelyn kind of came up with a list of some of the roles that women have played in the Bible that were positions of authority, positions of, you know, servitude to God. And so let's just take a minute to to run through those and see, even if it's not quoted directly in Scripture, what are some other areas that women have served and and, uh, been in positions of authority within the Bible? Yes, so there was a judge, and Deborah was known as being not only a judge, but also a prophet. So that's quite some power right there. It doesn't specify that she was only judging women either. Like she was judging men and women. And actually in one instance, she held court before a male, a male military leader. So I don't know how much more male it can get. (laughs) So (laughs) that, that was cool. Yeah. And then that male military leader, Barack, refused to go into battle without Deborah, right? There's all these kind of early indications of not just like God-given authority, but like other people seeing the value and the power within her. Mm -hmm. Exodus leader. So when the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea, Miriam picked up an instrument and led in worship. So... And this was not her only ministry role. She was also leader of the nation with Moses and Aaron. Mm. So she's like alongside them, which is very, very cool. And then everyone knows of Queen Esther, right? Like she was legitimately a leader, right? Like her right hand man was her uncle. So that like he was a dude. He encouraged her, but she was the one who did everything and stood up against the pharaoh right like she was the one telling the pharaoh like hey you shouldn't do this you should help me right like she's like informing him of what to do which which was wrong on so many cultural levels but also like she's commanding a man and there was nothing wrong with that like she was mm-hmm. speaking what god had moved in her to speak so i mean how is this allowed but like women speaking in church not allowed it's just it's just bizarre to me like you know it doesn't add up when you see stories like this in the bible another role that we have down is that of disciple right there were um, women such as mary magdalene um, also mary the sister of martha and of lazarus who were kind of taking this posture of a student right sitting at the feet of a rabbi or of a teacher like jesus was a privilege that was normally reserved for men but we see mary of bethany and other women within the bible taking that position as as a student of the lord and we also have witnesses if you aren't familiar the first one to see jesus resurrect was mary and it was a mary magdalene so that was a big deal because women's uh testimonies were not believed or considered legitimate at the time and of course we know that that was a completely cultural slash governmental thing like it, it wasn't something that jesus believed in or that christians believed in so that was really cool to see that like a woman was the first one to proclaim and i mean essentially preach right like she's preaching Mm -hmm. like jesus arose and the first one to do it so and um you know it didn't matter who she was talking to man or woman like that was truly a role of of leadership and and just pushing on this new generation of christians Mm -hmm. Another one was the role of deacon, which was played by Phoebe, which is a woman that we don't know a whole lot about, but some scholars believe that her role was to actually take Paul's letter 
to the Church of Rome and read it to all the believers, answering any of their questions. And so that's just a huge position of not just kind of power and authority, but like deliverance of this massive message. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is an especially important example of being a teacher. Priscilla was a business owner, and she also was a teacher in the church. So she was all over the place, and Paul really like gave her credit for that, too, and did not discredit her for the work that she was doing. And we also have prophets, female prophets, throughout the Bible, and there is in the book of Joel, there's a verse that says, your sons and daughters will prophesy. So there is no distinction uh, between male or female here. And um, this is still true today. There's no reason for it not to be. So that is a very cool thing to just empower you as a woman and to also just educate whoever is new to this conversation there are women everywhere in the bible with different talents and strengths and positions and it has never been questioned you know what what their gender was of in terms of what they were doing so for whatever reason church is doing it now do disagree on it because of this one specific verse in Corinthians that we started out with saying that women should be silent in the churches. Ultimately, though, does it make or break a church? No, I I think it's definitely not something that we should let divide us as kind of the big picture church of Christ in the world. I think this is a kind of a secondary issue that we can all agree on and continue to, to further our faith together. Yeah. Another great example of secondary issues, if you go back to listen to episode 54, we talk about dinosaurs, and that will explain it with itself. You should go listen to it. It's a fun one. So I would say, regardless of whether you're a man, a woman, listening to these past couple episodes, we just want to encourage all of you in the great works that you are doing for God's kingdom, whether it's teaching, serving, even just growing in community is such an amazing way to get plugged in. And that's what we want to be here is so much of our vision for this podcast is to be a community for all of you young adults who are lost, who are looking for a place to just belong, to be filled, to be encouraged. And so we're super duper blessed that you were able to join us this week and we'll see you for our next episode on Tuesday. See you next week.